During times of crisis and hardship, it's easy to doubt whether or not you have the fortitude to stick things out. Trust me, if I had my druthers, I would bail every single time. I want none of it. I want zero conflict. However, my track record does not indicate that. In fact, it says the exact opposite because I have had my fair share of conflict over the past few years, well, actually throughout my lifetime. One of my dirty little secrets is that I have been let go, you know, fired more times than I can count. Yep, it's a true story. And one such experience was when I worked for a church in my 30s. So let me backtrack a bit. It was 2007. I had just moved back to Canada after I had basically been kicked out of the States because my working visa expired. It was a complete shock to my system. It actually, honestly, at the time, rocked me to my core. But after a few months of working part-time jobs, I landed myself a job at a church. So overnight, I went from being a high school music teacher to a youth pastor. Now I know it's kind of like the same skill set, but in reality, I really didn't possess the qualifications that was needed to be a youth pastor. First of all, I was a woman in my 30s and most youth pastors are men in their 20s. So right there, I kind of had a little bit of a strike against me. And I also didn't go to Bible college. But to top it off, to make things even worse, I was really progressive. Something that the church didn't realize at the time they hired me. But my winning personality got me the job, so there I was. But it didn't take long for me to see how out of alignment I was with the direction the church was going. So without getting into that in length right now, I will finish the story a little bit later. But I realized a few months in that I had actually been hired in the midst of a major church fight. Like, epic. And I landed smack dab in the middle of a worship war. So if you've never heard of what that is, it's when a church wants to move forward and part of the church doesn't. So like they ask questions like this. Should we have drums on the stage? Yes or no? Should we keep the organ? Yes or no? It's like ridiculous stuff like that. So essentially, I had been hired to do the dirty work of some really well-meaning people to shift where the church was headed. They were desperate for a change in this really traditional setting. Let's put it this way. I can never get those two years back in my life. There were a lot of tears. But the question that surfaced for me over and over again in my life is, why did I stay so long? Did I overstay my welcome? Seriously, this is the question I needed to know. What possessed me to think that I could make a difference in a church where people were vehemently against the change that needed to be made, with the exception of a few? And those who were hanging on to the old ways made my life a living hell, which is putting it mildly. I've learned over the past few years that one of my biggest downfalls is staying too long in places where it's clear that I have no business being or where I'm not truly needed. But on the flip side, I also have developed this massive staying power. So obviously (laughs) I'm immovable or stubborn, whichever way you want to look at it. But here's one thing I know for sure. There is value in staying and being in hard things. But there's also value in knowing when it's time to leave. But do we know the difference? And why is it that we're staying too long in the first place? 
Maybe you've been feeling like you've overstayed your welcome in a job or you're in a relationship that you know you need to get out of. Perhaps you've even hung on to an opportunity that you don't feel aligned with anymore. Well, today on the podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you what I've learned and continue to learn about staying power, staying in hard things, in hard emotions, in hard relationships, and how to get the most out of those moments and also to know when it's time to walk away. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of The Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp and it's just going to be you and me today. I'm not going to lie, I kind of like days like this because they just feel a little bit more intimate. Now, don't get me wrong, I love having conversations with really interesting people and I'm going to talk a little bit about my conversation with Anne Julie Pascal just last week. In case you haven't heard that episode, it's a great one. But today, we are going to be talking just you and I. But I want to know, before we get to that, have we connected yet? And I know it's not always easy just to connect in person these days, but we can definitely connect virtually. And I would love to have a conversation with you to hear about what's going on in your life and how you can be empowered to take brave steps in your life. So you can find me on Instagram at, at the dot courage cast or my personal account, which is at Miss Crispy. I'm also on Facebook. So if you hang out there, you can find me there as well. So about last week's guest, Angelie Pascal. Isn't she amazing? Did you listen to that episode? It was exactly what I needed to hear at the right time. And there are just some moments when you just have this synergy right away with someone. And that's exactly how I felt with her. We talked about what happens when we stay in the hard things, when we press into the tension, which is so difficult sometimes, but it is so needed. And it was the catalyst for today's episode. And in case you haven't read her book, uh, you should definitely read it. It's called Stay, Discovering Grace, Freedom, Wholeness, Where You Never Imagined Looking. It is a beautifully written book, and I just found so much um, uplifting encouragement throughout the entire book. So make sure that you grab yourself a copy of it. Now in full transparency, this past season, the past few months, COVID, everything going on in the world, it has been a little bit overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. It's been hard. It has been emotionally taxing, at times physically taxing. I am still grappling with the effects of what has been happening in the world and how I'm trying to process it. And there have been moments where honestly, I'm just like, okay, I tap out. I am done. I need to get out of here. And there's this tweet that I saw back in early April was when NASA sent the astronauts to the International Space Station. This guy had posted something and basically it went like this. He just said, congratulations to the astronauts who left Earth today. Good choice. (laughs) I laughed because I was like, yep, that's basically saying it all, isn't it? Like, don't we just 
really feel like we could just teleport out of here, get out of here and just um, maybe avoid some of the things that are going on in the world. But that's not the case. That's not how the real world works. That's not how we move forward in life. That's not how we process through things. We process through being in the hard stuff. And to really understand that, sometimes we need a little help. So kind of going along the lines of the astronauts, because I am very fascinated by space travel right now. (laughs) I know it's really random, but I just recently read Chris Hadfield's book, which he's a Canadian astronaut, and he wrote a book called An Astronaut's Guide to Life. And it was so interesting. It talked all about uh, living in isolation. It also talked about, you know, how to prepare for uh, being in space and also how to just really stay the course when you're preparing to do something in your life. And I think that, you know, as someone who's really goal oriented, I just really thought, you know what, this is exactly what I needed to hear. And you know what? Hey, Chris Hadfield, I'd love to have you on the podcast. Seriously, how much do I want an astronaut on the Courage Cast? Okay, so let me ask you a question here. Given a choice, are you the type of person who is willing to stick hard things out to kind of stay in the tension? Or are you someone who wants to bail at the sign of the first opportunity? Now, remember how I said at the beginning of the podcast that I hate conflict? Well, I stand by that. It is the truth. But I've also felt in my life that I need to have staying power. And I need to have staying power when it's necessary. But I've also wrestled with this weird flip side because along with having staying power, we need to know when it's time for us to move on, to leave, to get out of a situation. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Before we do that, I think it's really important to talk about the future. So what have I told you that the best time in your life to reimagine the future is now? Now, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories going on about what the future is going to look like. There is so much going on in the world right now. It is hard to wade through the amount of information that is basically being thrown at us. I just had a conversation today with my hairstylist, who is also my relative, and it was like this full-on conversation about what could possibly be happening in the future. And when we live in this place of fear around the future, then it can be really difficult. It can feel very overwhelming, and it can feel very suffocating. And I don't want to promote us living in a place of fear. I want to encourage you that when you're taking on information and when things are changing and you're trying to navigate what's going on in the world, it's really important to get still, to get quiet, to hear the voice of God for your life specifically. A lot of times what we have been you know, educated to do, what we've grown up learning to do is to rely on the media outlets, to rely on religion, to rely on books and podcasts to tell us what to do. But oftentimes what we need to do, not oftentimes, what we need to do, let's just go there. What we need to do is we just need to get still. We need to listen to the voice of the divine because the fact of the matter is you do hear the voice of God. So let's talk a little bit about reimagining the future because that is basically where your dreams are born. 
Now, maybe you've been dreaming for things your whole life and with COVID and everything that's been going on in the world, you're wondering, are those dreams really relevant? And I talked a little bit about that in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. And that is a totally normal thing to be asking yourself right now. Are my dreams still relevant? Is the direction that I was headed, am I supposed to keep going there? When we're able to get still, when we're able to hear the voice of God, that is when we know, okay, keep going in that direction or maybe pivot or transition or change. And I think it's important for us to continue to ask God to show us where we need to be going. I know for myself that if I was to back up before COVID, maybe in March, I would have probably had a, a just different vision for myself. You know, when I was thinking about what is my life going to look like? And considering everything that has happened, I've had to reevaluate what that looks like. And I've had to reimagine the possibilities so that I can get into alignment with what God is doing in my life. So let me tell you a little story about one of my very favorite clients. So this young woman came to me because she wanted to see a change in her future. She wanted to see things manifest within her life that she had always been dreaming about. But every time she tried to make a significant change within her life, she found herself bumping up against old beliefs, habits, and things that were trying to keep her playing small. And I think so many of you may be able to relate to her story. Now, while we were in a coaching relationship, she was diligent. She worked really, really hard to navigate through the mental blocks, through all of the things that she had felt were limitations in her life. And she was able to see the possibilities emerging within her life. And she finally started seeing some of the blind spots that were holding her back from moving forward in her life. Now, as she was doing this, she was in the midst of some hard stuff. In her job, she was working for someone who was very difficult. And she knew that she wanted to get out of the situation, but like most of us, you want to pay the bills. And so you're kind of caught between this place of like, do I just quit my job and go after my dream? And or or do I stay when I'm really feeling like this is emotionally abusive, which is exactly really what it was. Now, coupled with that, she had also just left her faith community and that was a really hard transition. So she was kind of feeling the loss of that community within her life and maybe just kind of going through some deconstruction of faith. So here we have, you know, this person who is looking to shift their mental blocks and to move past them, but it's also dealing with a really hard situation at work and has lost a faith community. Here's the good news. She never gave up. Even on the hardest days, even in the tension, when she felt the most resistance, she kept moving forward. She would dig deeper. She would go to the places in her heart and her mind where she felt abandoned and hurt and eventually came to the point where she did lose her job. And that was a hard day. But here's what happened. She texted me and 
she had this relief because it was finally over. She had finally gotten to the place where she was going to be able to move forward. I mean, she had been working in a job she had hated. She was afraid to leave and she was afraid to take the leap into entrepreneurship. And now here she was able to do all the things that she had wanted to do to begin with. She was so relieved that the decision had been made for her, even though it did sting. And I have been there more times than I care to admit. So maybe you're asking, okay, well, what happened to her? What did she do? How did it resolve itself? Well, fast forward a year later, her life is completely different. Uh, She took the leap into entrepreneurship and now she's working her own business. She saw huge growth within the first few months because she was in complete alignment with her purpose. And she worked through the fear that she couldn't do it on her own. And her confidence is like just brimming out of her. And not only is it brimming out of her in her professional life, but also in her personal life as well. So it's amazing to see because before that time she was playing small and now she is seeing so many beautiful things that are happening within her life. And not long ago, she sent me a text message and it said, Andrea, I never thought I'd be able to say this, but it is truly amazing what happens in a year. And I 100% wholeheartedly agree because she has a new vision for her life. It came from purging the old limitations and releasing what wasn't working anymore. And she emerged from one of the hardest times, confident and poised for success. And it's not this magical thing that happened to her because she got in there and she did the work. She was willing to ask herself the hard questions. She was willing to stay put and do the work necessary. She listened when she needed to and she wrestled with her own ideas and her thoughts. And she moved forward because she had the tools she needed to really create a fresh vision for her life. And that's the amazing thing about having staying power. When we choose to stay in the hard stuff, when we allow ourselves to grow and change, those are the moments we learn the most about ourselves. We unlearn the old patterns because it's in the darkest times, it's when things are tough and when things are hard that we get the clarity that we need when we are asking for it. Now, the tricky part is knowing when it's time to leave, knowing when it's time to get out. And that has been for myself included because Sometimes we feel like our hands forced, like if you get fired or let go from a job or you're rejected in a relationship or you have to move on in friendship. The balance comes when you know when to walk away. Sometimes we need to develop the staying power and sometimes we need to know when it's time to go and both are equally important. So let's talk about the difference. The difference is how we approach staying and our ability to surrender what is possible. I mentioned earlier that I'm someone who has this ridiculous amount of staying power. I'm actually shaking my head thinking about it because the truth is painful sometimes. I have been known to stay in living situations that tore me up inside. I've stayed in jobs where I was being spiritually abused by leaders and people I respected as authority figures in my life. I've actually stayed in relationships and friendships that were manipulative and destructive. And sadly, and I hate even to admit it, I've stayed in romantic relationships because I didn't have the self-worth 
to know when to get the hell out of there. But on the flip side, I also have been able to see the gift of seasons in life when I have been forced to be in a place that I otherwise would not have chosen for myself. And what I learned through that is the sooner we get real about what we need to learn, what God is saying through those hard times, even when it feels like nothing is shifting and moving, the better we are for it. Okay, so remember how I told you that I have been let go from a church. Okay, we're going way back to the beginning of the podcast here. Well, the truth of the matter is that it's actually happened more than once. It's happened multiple times. Okay, if you've never heard this story before, I'm not going to completely get into it about how many times I've actually been let go from a church, but it's been painful every single damn time. Uh, I laugh at saying it, but the truth is, is actually very real. It's been very, very painful in my life. It's been one of the hardest things I've had to sort through um, both emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and I'm still trying to navigate that. The church that I had been working for had edged me out without warning, and it completely changed my life. This is back in 2010, but it changed me for the better. I actually should send them a thank you note and some flowers for as a gift. <laughs> uh, But if I'm honest, back then I didn't think so. The day they let me go, I was told that I had until the end of the weekend to clear out my office. This was a Friday morning when they brought me in, told me that I no longer had a position, that I needed to turn my computer in, clear out my office, and I would have to leave by the end of Sunday. The worst part was that I was not given an opportunity to say goodbye to anyone, especially the youth, because I was the youth pastor, that I had spent two years mentoring and pastoring. And I knew deep down that the church was imploding. I knew that there were things that were going on that I had no control over from the get-go. But I also had this savior complex. And I thought, for some crazy reason, that I would be able to go in there and rescue these kids and the church and the worship team. And I just had taken this ownership over trying to fix a problem that just was not mine to solve. And in the end, when everything was said and done, I left that position in that church really hurt and quite jaded. And it took me a long time to move past it. But I did learn some very valuable lessons. And I was determined to do things differently in the future. In 2014, there came an opportunity in my life for a do-over in a church that kind of felt like the perfect fit for me. So the story I'm about to tell you has been something that has been really weighing on my mind. It's been talked a lot about within the community of people that I am a part of, and I'm still trying to process through some of the things, but I hope that what I will share with you today will be helpful for you. I don't want to throw the church at large under the bus here. And even though I've been telling you throughout the podcast today, some of the things that have happened to me, it's also been a road that I have chosen to be on. And not everyone experiences the same thing. So hopefully you'll be able to pull some things out for your own life. 
Okay. So here I was starting to attend this church that I absolutely loved. It was like hip and cool. They had great coffee. I loved everything about this church. It kind of felt like home and it was something that I needed. It was a place that I desperately wanted to feel valued and accepted. Now, when I first started attending, I just sat back because I had been pastoring for about a decade and I needed time to just be. And I started to develop relationships with people in the church. I have many of those relationships to this day. Some amazing people were a part of that community and I found them so valuable in my own life personally and also professionally. However, there was some underlying toxicity that was running within the leadership of the church. And I noticed it right away. But I didn't want to do anything about it because I had been in a position multiple times at that point where I had been basically excommunicated from the church. And I knew what that felt like. I had also been in a place where I had a savior complex trying to save the church and failed miserably. So even though I saw what was happening, I kept my mouth shut and I decided that I would just be there. I wouldn't cause any trouble. I would be there for the community. I would just provide a safe space for people who wanted to have conversations to be real. And I became a trusted member of that community and even part of the staff leadership team, which meant that I was in conversations and meetings where a lot of things were being spoken about that kind of seemed off to me. But again, I didn't want to rock the boat. This felt to me like a completely different set of circumstances than the others that I had been in before that. Because we weren't arguing about drums or an organ or about what to do with the youth group. It was different. This felt a little bit more toxic. Now, within every breakdown of church leadership and direction, there is always going to be two sides of the story. But this toxicity was something that I have never experienced before. It began to break down relationships. It was dividing and leaving a wake of very, very broken people who started to leave the church in droves. My first clue that things were kind of going off the rails was when I started to realize that I was completely out of alignment with how people were being pastored by the leadership. And I was even called into question with my own profession as a life coach in some of the sermons. Not personally, but my profession as a life coach was somehow diminished even by things that the leadership was saying. And the leadership basically was telling us that we didn't need self-development outside of the walls of the church. And that went for coaches and therapists. And they just wanted to keep people insular and in the church. I tried to rationalize what they were saying. And I defended a lot of things that, in hindsight, I never should have defended. 
But here I was, again, a key leader in the church, and I was being told to say things and do things that I did not agree with. And it was having a toll on me, was making me anxious. And I knew that the moment I would stand up for what I truly believed in, I would probably either be asked to leave or something would just go awry. Maybe I'd even be kicked out. And I'd been there before. I have been asked to leave positions in the church. And quite frankly, I wanted to avoid this this time. I wanted a do-over. I started hearing story after story of spiritual manipulation and abuse, and it was shocking. I knew in my heart that things weren't good, but I also didn't want to really admit that I was dumb enough to be a part of something that was perpetuating this kind of behavior. But here I was, and so I had a choice to make. So I started to help these women that were coming to me by encouraging them to seek counsel outside of the church. I encouraged them to go to trusted counselors, therapists, and really amazing things started happening because they started experiencing this freedom. And one by one, these women started leaving the church. But I stayed. With everything that I knew about what was going on, you may wonder, okay, well, why did you stay? Now, the only thing I can tell you is that I felt that I wasn't released yet. Now, I know this is kind of like a Christian term we hear a lot of times about being released, and but I really truly felt that the timing wasn't right. And I knew that when I walked away from that particular church, that my whole life was gonna change again. And I was certain I was gonna lose friendships because I knew what the past had dictated prior to that. And I knew that I might never want to be a part of another church again, which is a really hard place to be. And if you've known anything about my story and about things that I've talked about here on the podcast, just being honest about faith and just the divine and my own relationship with God and deconstruction and asking questions, gosh, like I feel in my mid 40s, I'm finally asking the questions I should have been asking years and years ago. I had spent my entire adult life in ministry. I had stayed stuck in places and kept myself in positions that I should have left. So how did this end? Well, one morning I woke up, made myself a cup of coffee. It was super, super early in the morning and I was actually watching the sunrise and I had like literally a divine revelation. Like it felt as though God just spoke to me in an instant. And all of a sudden I knew that the time had come for me to leave the church. Without hesitation, I got on my computer and I wrote an email to the pastor and I just told them what was happening in my life and that I would be leaving the church effective immediately. Now I didn't tell any friends. I didn't seek any outside counsel. I just said this is what was happening. Within a few days, we had a meeting booked. We had an honest conversation about where I was coming from, where they were coming from. And then shortly after that, I told my friends and everything was over. Except it wasn't really over because it never is really that cut and dry, not by a long shot. 
Because I had stayed until I felt released, but the growth that I needed to experience and the healing that was going to come was going to be something that was going to come post. And even though I had stayed in the hard thing when I needed to stay in it, when I needed to leave, I was able to actually for the very, very first time in my life, walk away on my own volition, on my own terms. Okay, so can we go a little deeper here? Now, I want you to stay with me because I think this is something that you may need to hear. You may be wondering why you are prone to sticking around too long when things get messy. It's likely because you are extremely caring, you're a compassionate person, and you genuinely want to see people's lives changed. It may also be because you have a deep desire to be accepted and valued, which I completely understand. And for women, we often feel like we have something to prove, not only to ourselves, but also to others. And so we allow ourselves to be put into situations where we might even be taken advantage of. Our goodwill might be used against us. Sometimes our talents, our skills, our abilities, our energy, the list goes on. I've mentioned that my own experience of staying too long happened within the church. To be fair, Not all churches or leaders function this way. I have been in ministry for 20 plus years. And in that time, I know so many healthy churches and pastors, people who are doing really, really, really great work. There are many faith leaders who have done um, the hard work to really get healing in their own lives. And they are functioning out of a place of true compassion and integrity. But it happens way more often than you think that being part of a spiritual faith community um, can be very toxic. And when we get vulnerable in those environments, so many people can get hurt and they stay longer than they probably should. We can also be tempted to stay longer than necessary when we're working for organizations like nonprofits, mission organizations, even in creative industries where the leadership is self-focused. And you might be in a position right now, or you have been in a position where you've been working for someone, an employer who is making your life a living hell. And that goes across the board, whether it's a church, whether it's an organization, a nonprofit, or even just corporate positions. It even happens in the education sphere. No job is worth your emotional or spiritual health. Okay, can we go even deeper? For me personally, I've been in friendships with women who have trusted implicitly who turned out to be living out of their dysfunction. And because they were, they had these narcissistic tendencies. Being in relationship with people like that can be so detrimental to your health in every single way. I've actually had two such experiences where that happened to me, where women who I trusted wounded me and it was very painful. And it actually took me a very long time to heal and to learn to trust again. And thankfully I did because I had some amazing female mentors later on. And what about relationships? We've talked about church, we've talked about um, you know, relationships and friendships, but what about those romantic relationships? I just think I need to take a little bit of a breath here before I go into this. If you are in a relationship with someone who is sucking the life from you, 
then I want to tell you that this individual is not going to change. You may be staying in the relationship because you want to avoid conflict, you don't want to rock the boat, or you think that this person has potential. You might even think that it's what you deserve, but it's not, not by a long shot. I want to let you know that I have been there and I totally get it. I've been in several romantic relationships with men who didn't value me in the least and were only out there for what made them feel good. And the moment I was no longer giving them what they wanted, I was kicked to the curb. And it's a very hard and painful lesson to learn because often, even after it happens, we can be tempted to make excuses for those types of people. Okay, now I don't want to just leave you in this space. I know this has been a lot to take in today and I feel like it's something that just really had to be said. But if you're still here, if you're still listening to the podcast, why do we stay in these situations or relationships too long? Well, here's a few reasons. We might think that we have some magical power to help change the situation or outcome. The truth is that you may see the potential in changing the way things are done within an organization or a relationship. You might even see the potential within the person to change and grow, but you cannot change anyone without their willingness to change. Number two, we idealize people or relationships that are really taking from us, but not giving to us. You have maybe even been in a particular relationship and there might be one that comes to mind right now for you that that person is always looking to you for advice or counsel, but whenever you need a listening ear, they're nowhere to be found. You might be embroiled in their drama, but they could give two hoots about you. The third thing is, Sometimes our need for healing is so strong that we convince ourselves that we will get the healing we need by sticking around. And that doesn't work either. Last week, when I was talking to Anjali in the conversation in the podcast, we talked about being in the hard emotions and staying there. And sometimes we need to stay in hard emotions and in the tension. However, we do not need to stay in toxic relationships or jobs that are killing our spirits. The fourth thing is maybe you have a need that hasn't been met and you think that by sticking around that that need will be felt. There is no amount of money or currency that can be exchanged that will fulfill your need in a place where you are not being empowered and encouraged. So at that point you need to ask yourself how much am i giving here and how much are they taking and the last one is we think it's our responsibility to fix to be the savior to do the work for others that never ever works not with family not with friends not with a lover not with a boss not with an organization not with a church okay All right. (laughs) If you've stayed too long where you're feeling criticized, where people are using their knowledge 
of you for harm and the warning signs are there all around you and you hear people discrediting you or others when it comes to your dreams and your purpose, my friend, it is time for you to leave because you're being spiritually, physically, and emotionally abused. And I know that is hard to hear because that when you're in the thick of something, it's hard to disconnect because you feel as though you have placed yourself in that position, but it is also your responsibility to take yourself out. So let's bring this home. We need to develop staying power in our lives when it comes to healing, when we have something to learn, when there's true growth and change where there is life being breathed into our souls. It is so important for us to have staying power when we need to wait and listen to the divine, the whispers that God is speaking to you, to trust that God is doing things in your life, directing you. And it's not always going to be easy or fun or even something that feels good. Oftentimes, when we're experiencing change and growth, we can resist that process because that is human nature. But if you will stay with it, you will see the benefits for the rest of your life. When I mentioned the last church that I was in, how God had released me and I finally was able to walk away. The reason I knew to leave was because I was actively listening. I knew in my spirit that There was going to be a moment for me to leave, but I didn't know when. But when God spoke, I moved. But there were plenty of times that I stayed in churches, in jobs, and in relationships way too long, even when the prompting was there. And in that process, I got beat up pretty bad. When you hear God speak to you, When you hear the voice of the divine, act, move. Don't stick around because you need money. Don't stick around because you feel like the community is the only community you'll ever have. Don't stick around because you feel like you need to fix the wrongs and right them. Don't stick around because you feel responsible even for others or to others. And don't stick around because you feel like you can't do any better. God will provide every one of those things. We need to start asking ourselves, what is God saying in this situation? Do I need to be healed? Am I in a place in my life where I need to experience something that will radically shift my life? Or is this time for me to move forward? I know this has been probably one of the heavier conversations we've had. And it's a vulnerable place for me to be as well. Because it's sharing part of my life that opens me up to you. And I hope that in doing so, that you're able to see things that you need to take in your own life. Not everything will apply to you. And I don't expect it to, but I hope that you are able to see the truth in your own life when you need to stay and you need to be in the tension and feel the resistance and also those times when you just need to leave a situation, whether it be 
a job or whether it be a circumstance, church, a community, whatever it is. My prayer for you, my friend, would be that in this time, that as seasons are changing and life is changing, as you're reimagining the future that is before you, that you will do so by listening and staying in the presence of God, in the presence of the divine, listening for what steps you need to take. I have loved being with you. I want to continue having this conversation with you. So make sure that you do connect with me, my friend. I love you so, so very much. Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Gas, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crilly.